Hello and welcome to Currently Unnamed Podcast. I'm Tim and joining me are my co-hosts, Jesse. Oh, hi. Anu. Hi. Famous. <laughs> yes, okay. And Chloe. Hi. Oh my gosh. I almost and Chloe'd you again. I know. <laughs> Today, our homework is uh, Folklore by Game Republic, uh, which was chosen by Famous. Uh, so look forward to that at the second half of our show. Um, but for the first half of our show, uh, we're just going to talk about shit we did this week. So, what'd y'all do this week? Uh... <laughs> Ooh, Chloe Sai implies. Not a lot. Okay, guys, uh, I'll start with this uh, 1999 movie called Entrapment. When fortune knocks, open the door. That stars uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and what's his face? Sean Connery. Before you start this, can I just say that like I checked my letterbox today for some reason. So I went to your account and I saw that next to Tokyo Story. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's pretty much it. Because remember in the 90s how Catherine Zeta-Jones put out some hits like Zora 1 and 2? Uh, that might be like early 2000s, but like late 90s. And then what else was she in? Chicago. Um, so this is one of the 90s canon Catherine Zeta-Jones movies that I require everyone to watch. Now, when, um, you say, when you say canon, do you mean like, like it's canonical or do you mean like, like canon the production studio? Like. It's canonical <laughs> for any I mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones fan. I mean, we should preface this by saying Catherine Zeta-Jones is in one of the longest-standing successful Hollywood relationships to what's essentially like a melted garbage bag um, that, that is Michael Douglas. So yes, take her taste yeah. with a grain of salt. <laughs> well, and this kind of, this movie, I think, kind of, I don't know what happens, but in this movie, Sean Connery's like a 60-year-old man, and she's like 30, but looks like she's 25, and they both perform this um, heist uh, at the... Uh, like it's a whole like Y2K story. Like um, the banks believe that the world's gonna shut down at like the year 2000, right? So um, they have to reset their computers. And so Catherine Zeta and Sean Connery think that's the perfect time to rob the, bank. the biggest bank in the world. So they do this whole heist together. And as they're preparing to do this heist, they fall in love. <laughs> this is very, like, early 2000s, this plot. Like, not even, even ignoring the Y2K part. It is. Oh, it is. How but it is so fun. How much do we want to spoil? Um, it's been a long enough time. It's, I it's think we could spoil. They succeed. Yes, in they do. In love. But but why do the banks know that the world's gonna end? Of all people, not science. They're freaking not out, the man. They're freaking not, out. Not, not it's just like, like conspiracy theorists. The banks. Yeah, they got all the computers. They do all the computers. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> they probably decided. So is is this so? Like if 
all Bitcoin were to crash one day, would that be for till the end of the world? Oh my God, I do like that idea, like fortune telling by Bitcoin. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really cool. I don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's awesome. Oh, yeah. God. So <laughs> if your Bitcoin is stolen, just know that it's the result of Catherine Zeta Jones <laughs> and Sean and the Connery. The corpse of Sean Connery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sean Connery. Is he corpse-like at that point? Now. Uh, oh, yeah, but in 2000? <laughs> no, he has, like, the... Well, he has, like, the Indiana Jones father vibe going. Yeah. So he's still got a little charm. Like, he drinks whiskey to keep him going, but... <laughs> I don't know. I just can't get over the age gap. It's It's weird, guys. He does kind of have, like, a Harrison Ford... He he could be Harrison Ford's dad in real life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like uh I mean that's an old Hollywood thing too, isn't it? Just like the most hideous thing I know. with like Oh my goodness. And I have to send you this little <laughs> gif of what GIF. happens in this movie. Um so this is from a scene and any any of you guys, just someone, please describe for me what is occurring here hold on i'm gonna try and post this but i can't okay there we go while you're posting this oh <laughs> oh my god Wait, that's this i didn't realize that was this uh, yeah so th this is this movie entrapment yeah what is um and it's basically that's, just that's, a chance catherine's the amount of the nudity Wait, why not just go over the line <laughs> Um. You know, that's a great question. So, uh, Tim, what's happening in this in this GIF that I sent everyone? I mean, if you're going by the most literal interpretation, well, the plot interpretation, I should say, uh, I imagine she's trying to avoid. I don't know. They don't really look like lasers. They look more like 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 twine. Like, yeah, like, like they're trip yeah. wires or something. But like that's this... not what you would. I don't know. You wouldn't use that in a museum. No, this is part of a, it's, it's part of the training montage. Um, they're getting ready to steal a famous, I believe it's a Chinese mask is their first heist they pull off together, like a famous Chinese mask. Um, and so this is her preparing to <laughs> dance, dance and um, bend through. Yeah, she dances through it. Yeah, she does like a whole <laughs> dance type thing. She's brought all this back with this one gif. <laughs> Um, and now I see the website I just pulled this GIF from. It says 17 most paused movie moments. So this is sure one of them. Based on this one GIF alone, that this film was also directed by Sean Connery. Oh, my oh God. yes. I mean, that's the vibe. Written, directed, stars? No, no, no. That's definitely the vibe you get from his character, though. Like, um, he's just telling her what to do the whole movie, and she's always <laughs> sleeping naked. They start out meeting by, uh, he has stolen her suitcase full of all her clothes, and then sneaks into her hotel room in the middle of the night. Where so she where, is in bed. Where did she with no get clothes the on? Here, like in this gate. Oh, now um, this is. Uh, he's invited her to his castle oh to train. Castle. <laughs> so is the implication that she owns one pair of clothes? Then. I mean. 
I think the implication is the only clothes she wears yeah. are the ones he provides. I think the implication was yeah. they told Sean Connery <laughs> that they were doing a James Bond revival film, and then they pivoted it into this because it wasn't going to make it as a James Bond. Yeah, I could probably see that. What are the James Bonds from that era like? Well, okay. are they like well, first of all, um, first of all, here's see. my theory about like the Connery and the and the Brandos, right? Because it to our recent millennial-ish memory, they were already melting plastic, right? But if you go and look at OG Bond, that dude's a hunk, you know. And Brando was like, and Sinatra, and you know Elvis, like they were, they were like classic. You know, you know what I'm saying. And I think all of the people that are still like fanning their face when they think of Sean Connery, they're just their mind is just going to early James Bond, Sean Connery. But right, well, at this point too, in the '90s, um, Bond is Pierce Brosnan, yeah. and we're getting <laughs> Golden Eye. And what's the other one? Oh, Tomorrow one Never Dies. Great. One yeah. of which was a great video I game. Have... <laughs> great video game. I have to admit, <laughs> I struggle with um, counting the difference between Sean Connery and Bruce, Bruce Nen. And um, who's that guy in um, the Blade Runner? Oh, that's Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. That's his son. Oh, Harrison. Yeah, all these guys are so similar. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery, however, made his career on publicly smacking women in oh, yeah, in films. more or less, yeah. <laughs> like that's like that's like all of those Bond movies that he's in, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but he like used the backhand, so it was okay for back then. Mm-hmm. Oh god. <laughs> I'm curious. Uh-huh. Yeah, so basically, I can see this entrapment being like, hey, what? Sean, come do another James Bond. What does entrapment like, um, refer in that to in this? Way. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like uh, Sean Connery entrapping well, her? Or... <laughs> well, no, so apparently she's like, okay, I think she's like an insurance agent. She's working for some sort of agency that... Um, and traps criminals. And so at, uh, when the title of the film is like said, um, it's something like, oh, that's in, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, like, oh, that's entrapment. And Sean Connery has to correct her and be like, no, honey, it's not entrapment. It's blackmail. That's, so not only yeah. do they like say that line out loud, but they thought that was like such a good line that they should do make they- it the title of their movie. Yeah. Do they look at the camera? Oh, no. But basically, you know. And I just love the fact that, like, you had to get Sean Connery to be like, no, 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 no. You know? Like, that's what he's doing the whole movie. It's like, no, Catherine. Let's do it this way. Um, but, yeah. it's a g- I think everyone <laughs> should watch it. It's great. I'm reading the yeah. um, the uh, plot summary. It seems like the ending has a lot to do with uh, year 2000 problems. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. 
that's the whole the the banks um need to like reset their computers and um when they reset their computers uh Catherine Zeta Jones character her name is Jen um she siphons like 8 billion dollars into like from a bunch of different banks throughout the world into her account so she can afford so much spandex yeah she can afford her own clothes now. I love I love heist movies where the guy is already rich. He has... Oh yeah. This guy lives in a castle. Like what do you need? Castle. Yeah. It makes no sense. None of us also... spent none of us spent our uh, year two thousand New Year's in a basement, right? I don't in a basement. I don't remember how I spent my year two thousand. I mean, I was three, so I have no memories of this. A lot of, a lot of same. A lot of the people that probably voted a very specific direction in recent times were also the people that were like, "Oh, it's coming! All the nukes are gonna go off. We're getting in the basement." Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I see. What Would a basement mean. protect you against nukes? There's something really funny to do with all these kind of um foreign movies <laughs> like they always yeah. have very interesting chinese translations for the title so uh, yeah oh, so this, for this one is like um i don't know how to directly translate it back to english um uh, but just from the very literal sense it means um a, a trap that can steal the sky like <laughs> <laughs> like that's a beautiful uh, film about a, a, no I'm not gonna say that <laughs> never mind <laughs> this is being recorded <laughs> basically saying this is like like a trap that is so big and smart that can steal the sky <laughs> mm. yeah and it, I would like to also read you guys Roger Ebert's um, review like if if you don't mind. So Roger Ebert, the renowned film critic who um, I don't like very much, but he gave this film three out of four stars. Okay. He says it works because it is made stylishly. The plot is put together like a Swiss watch that keeps changing time zones. It is accurate and misleading at once. The film consists of one elaborate caper sequence after another, and it rivals the Bond films in its climactic action sequence. The stunt and FX work here does a good job. Most of the movie's action is just that, action and not extreme violence. And then he also noted about Catherine Zeta-Jones. He says, I can only reflect, as I did while watching her in The Mask of Zorro, that while beautiful women are a dime a dozen in the movies, those with fire, flash, and humor are a good deal more scary. Oh my god. That is oh a three god. out of four from oh Roger was, You know, I was, gonna, I was gonna say, like, if I, okay, if you didn't tell me that this movie was, like, extremely horny, I probably wouldn't have noticed like the first half of that review was horny, but like after knowing that, like the descriptions are yeah. extremely horny. But then he just gets like, I don't know, extremely or hornier. <laughs> extremely or hornier. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hornier. That, that much hornier. Uh, 
Anywho, go watch it if you want to have a fun little wank movie time. What? What? Yeah. Why did you watch it? And if you like Catherine Zane. For Catherine um, So, it was actually, um, I've been listening to this podcast called You're Wrong About, and um, uh, the main... It's done by two people, Michael Hobbs and Sarah, I forget her name, Sarah Marshall. And she recommended this movie. Like she was like, the, it was the one movie she like watched over and over again when she was 12 years old. And like, yeah, for me, this movie falls in the same realm of like the mummy Zorro. Like it just kind of reminds me of. When I was sick. What, and a what child. would you say your favorite <laughs> Catherine Zeta Jones film is? Oh, Zorro, Zorro. For sure. Yeah. The first Zorro. Is there think, a second? Um, oh, what was it? Oh, my favorite is Catherine the Great. Just because <laughs> it was before it was before Titanic, right? I don't think she was famous yet. Or she was like on the cusp, and I think that the, they didn't cast her. They just realized that her name was Catherine, so they gave yeah. her the job. I was gonna ask, like, is oh she, really? Does she play oh Catherine my goodness, she does. <laughs> oh my and gosh! Like Omar Sharif is in this. Omar Sharif, I couldn't tell you who he was in. Who he was in it. Oh, she's also in Ocean's Twelve. Christoph Waltz isn't it? She's in yeah. the first Oceans, I think. Wait, Ocean's what's 20. the first Oceans? <laughs> Ocean's Eleven. Was there an Ocean's Nine? Eleven. She's in Twelve. That's the that's the <laughs> the prequel trilogy. <laughs> it's like Star Wars. Oh God. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's what Chloe's been up to. Yeah, so I watched that movie, and now I just kind of want to... There's also... Um, I kind of just want to go through her discography now. So next up on the list is... Oh, I got to look up the name of this movie because I can't remember. But it's... Um, I think it's called Demolit... Wait, 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 wait. It's her and Tom Hanks, oh. directed by Steven Spielberg. It's a love story. Terminal. I gotta look it up. <laughs> Terminal! Yes. So that's that's what's up next on the docket for me. Terminal. And apparently she plays a flight attendant. <coughs> and I believe Tom Hanks <laughs> falls in love with her. Is that the one with... Uh, well, now I'm cheating because I just looked it up. Never mind. The one with him in the giant suitcase with a million people around him. That image is pretty glued in my mind. I don't know why. And the poster looks really yeah, like that giant. very famous Will Smith uh, movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, what's the name of that one? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. also has a guy with a giant uh, suitcase. <laughs> Pursuit of happiness? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Hold on. I'm trying to find it now. <coughs> uh, sorry for the coughing. Oh, no. It's cool. But yeah, Terminal by Steven Spielberg. 
Chicago, though. Oh, Chicago also, traffic Sterling. with Michael Douglas, where they probably met. No, they were already <laughs> married by then, I think. Oh my god. This has yeah. a cast. <laughs> I've never seen this. Oh, Traffic by Soderbergh. Del Toro, Michael Douglas, Catherine yeah. Jones, Don Cheadle, Dennis Quaid, Topher Grace, Erica Christensen, who I don't know of. Oh my goodness. If we have to, if I'm picking the homework for next time, it'll probably be traffic. <laughs> have you seen this? We're now just giving no. you non-content, Tim. We're just talking about inane, irrelevant. <laughs> it's fine. But I mean, I love, I'm a pretty big Soderbergh fan. Yeah. So. I'm surprised I never heard like realized who was in this even academy award for best writing anywho enough about me um what did everyone else watch or consume this week tim do you want to go next sure uh i played uh <laughs> i not only played but i hundoed uh neon white uh if any of you have oh, heard really? of that yeah uh that was good uh, that game is uh, mostly excellent. Uh, maybe, maybe my game of the year so far. Honestly, maybe, maybe even over oh, Elden wow. Ring. Uh, ask me things. like, ask me in like two months. Came but, out this um, year, right? Yeah, it uh, came out. I think the 16th. Um, I usually don't buy games on launch, but I was impressed enough with the trailer. Um, definitely. And then I saw good reviews. Then I picked it up. Um, it's like a, uh, it's like a 3D like. Uh, first-person shooter slash first-person platformer um and it's sort of designed around like speed running as a, as a concept so um uh the maps are like like super 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 fast and just feel like excellent to play like it's a it's a, honestly like a masterpiece in like level design i would say um because the the game like encourages you to like continuously like replay maps until you get like a good score um it does this by like you know, like first, first it'll tell you like what the, uh, what your what your score should be, like what the you know like what the bronze, silver, gold, and ace scores times whatever are, um, and then it'll like you know if, when you hit like gold, it'll like give you a hint as to how to get ace, and then like uh, when you hit ace, it tells you like okay now here's like the global scoreboard, uh, so it like continuously encourages you to like just completely grind away at like individual levels until you get like, mm. the fastest time you can um and the game is just so fast and so fast and feels so good to play that like you want to do so um so i ended up just like completely like acing every single level um i didn't get like the red ace which i think is like the developer times at on any of the levels but i still like did all levels i uh, all levels also have like a hidden uh present in them uh, for the second half of the game, which mm -hmm. I'll, which I I will get to, um, uh, but yeah, it's just like really a really flexible game. Uh, each of the levels is like a, a masterpiece in like directing the player and like having the player sort of notice secrets that can shave off more and more time until they get like a, a really good score. Um, and it's just gonna... like is really fun to oh, play. Nice. 
But that's gameplay. Cut you off. How's the story? Wait, famous, the story. The story is ass. I hated the story. <laughs> it is it is terrible. Uh it is like if you took like the worst if you learned the worst lessons from Cowboy Bebop, uh like and just, you know, made a made a an American made an anime about sexy people with guns. It is it is bad. Um but uh the the worst part about that though is that like the half the other half of the game is a VN, so it like yeah. it looks like if you look at the trailers, it looks a lot like Persona in that like yeah. um, you know the characters are clearly mm -hmm. like anime esque, uh, clearly like modeled after the Persona series. You can tell that they're I like different. the backs. Yeah, um, but uh, it, it's just it's just like poorly written and like so. Okay, so I mentioned the presence earlier, where each level has presence in it, um. And the idea is that it's, like, sort of taking, like, a dating sim or a, a visual novel approach to that. So you can give, like, the presence to, like, a few characters in the game, and then you'll, like, you know, improve your relationship with them and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it also unlocks, like, special levels, secret levels, uh, when you give them a certain number. But the other parts, uh, you, you do the hangout thing with them, like you do in Persona, but the problem <laughs> is when you hang out with them, it's, like, entirely just, like anime filler sequences and it's just not fun to get through um i i tend to read through the story of almost every game i play uh and this just halfway through i just like sped through the story as much as fast as i could like i genuinely did, did not speak the visual novel half of this have you never played persona or danganronpa no i have i played uh i played persona 3 4 and 5 and danganronpa 1 and 2 and i like i those games are great like and the VN portions of those games are great. Uh, I actually this... think the VN portions of Persona Three are better than the RPG portions. Is um, this on Rails? That's true. No, it's um, the closest comparison I have is like, uh, have you ever played like TF Two like trick maps before? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're they're more or less modeled like that. So like some levels will have you like rocket jumping, some levels will have you like dashing. Uh, some levels will have you like uh, like sticky jumping and like exploiting um, the mechanics of its own. Yeah, yeah, Sandbox. but it, I like that. Yeah, and like because of that, uh, when you start to like improve on like the um, like the techniques of all of those things, like you end up shaving more and more and more time off each time you do it. Um, so it, yeah, it's just it's just like a ton of fun. Um, it's another comparison I'd make is sort of like if you took like the character action game, like you know, like uh, Bayonetta or like Beautiful Joe or something. And then translated that like feeling into an FPS. This is mm -hmm. something that you'd get out of it. So there's uh, I, I saw it's only on the Switch that. right now, other than PC. Mm. Yeah, I played it on PC. So uh, my my first thought was, it sounds if it were on Rails like the greatest game ever made, which is Tim. Uh, are you Ocarina? It's not going to be Ocarina of Time. No, no sense here. I mean, oh, Star Fox sixty four. Star right. Fox sixty four, <laughs> which is another game, and it's becoming a really big thing in the indie world right now, I think, where, um, what's the word? Progress is not really determined by unlocking new items or mechanics or anything. It's just mm -hmm. through gaining greater with greater knowledge of the environment and how to act and the mechanics of the game. Yeah. Like, and I think all of my, the last like three or four game of the years for me are that to a T and they're also all mm -hmm. run based, you know, mm -hmm. they're like closed loop, do better each time based. Yeah, hundred percent. Like this, and like every single level is designed in that way. So like, the first time you play 
most likely you'll go through like the most linear path possible and that'll like when you compare it to like the you getting like an ace and that's that you'll be like oh there was so much i could cut there uh because you're going like the, the long way around and I, I didn't notice that you could do x y and z to cut off like a lot of time like there are just so many small shortcuts and small optimizations you can make on like every single run you do that it like it's just like a an, like an infinite re, infinitely re, re, infinitely replayable game uh i would say Nice. And I see that the uh, soundtrack is done by Machine yeah. Girl. Are yeah, I loved the soundtrack. It, the soundtrack, like the soundtrack, nice. perfect. Uh, I I'm pretty sure I wore headphones the entire time, and it just like you just completely like get in the zone like instantly. Uh, and it's just like really, really, really good like uh, uh, drum and bass and trance that just like puts you in the zone and makes you think about nothing more than just like uh going as fast as possible. Nice. They're a uh, machine Yeah, I'm a pretty big That's fan machine of Gun them. Kelly's daughter, right? Uh. <laughs> 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 what? Uh I listened no. to his most recent album uh out of or out of morbid curiosity yeah. <laughs> uh because I thought that uh emo girl I saw the music video for it um and I thought it was one of the most embarrassing songs I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so I had to know. And yeah, that was the, one of the most embarrassing albums I've ever listened to in my entire life. For him or for you? He's like huh? the personification of the Jared Leto Joker. I don't even know if I'd give mm. him that. Like, he's like... Or Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> what if Machine Gun Kelly listens to our podcast? He can go fuck himself is what happens. Yeah. This is we're taking a stance here. Yeah, this is <laughs> episode this is one. An, this is an anti-machine gun Kelly podcast. <laughs> if you don't agree, get out. <laughs> Chloe. <Seriously> disconnect. <laughs> I've never listened to any machine gun Kelly. And I don't think I ever will. That is Who all. Who was he engaged to? Um, was it Halsey? Kardashian, right? Or my misremembered no. that. That's, that's the, that's, that's Blink-182, right? Megan Fox. Oh, oh, no, yeah, that, Megan yeah. Fox. Yep. Chokes on her, she only has one and a half thumbs. I get Travis Barker and Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly confused. Honey, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> oh my god, that's so <laughs> abrupt. Like, <laughs> we only do smooth transitions. No, I'm still podcast. like trying to find out who's Machine Gun Kelly, and I agree. Like <laughs> this person you, you looks can... really like Travis. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Thank I think you. part of that, part of that is a shift to pop punk, which again, one of the most embarrassing things I've seen in my entire life. Uh, you just listen, <laughs> you just read along with the lyrics, and you're like, this guy's 32, and you're just. Oh I, I was just dying. I don't even think I finished the album. It was that bad. He's tall. I can't take <sighs> a punk anything seriously once they're millionaires. <laughs> well, it's not even like he didn't even like become a millionaire from being like a pop punk right. artist. He became a hip hop art. He was a hip hop artist, like a bad hip hop artist, like just a <laughs> mediocre like Eminem riff off, and then like, and then he, he went just used his millions to be like, oh, I need to revive pop punk. I think he hit on Eminem's daughter. And then Eminem freaking out at him is what propelled him into any relevance. And then he just did 
this instead. Oh, was that the? Was that the? Was that why the like the they had the back and forth with those two disc tracks? That I think I that's what prompted oh, that he made some comments about Haley Mathers. Oh my god, that's the reason. Oh, who by the way is America's real sweetheart? <laughs> I have no opinions on this. <laughs> I I listening to, I think my daddy's gone crazy, and then I realized that mm-hmm. that little girl is our age and equally grew up in that world, which is crazy to me. I don't know why. This is so funny that I I googled Machine Gun Kelly, and you know, like when you switch to Google Image, they have all those like uh, tags you can go to, like you know, Machine Gun Kelly, and beneath it it says like Eminem, family, age, person, mm-hmm. baby mama, or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I clicked the daughter. Because I don't know if it's gonna direct me to his daughter or Amnum's daughter, but it, there's just a tag that says daughter. So, <laughs> so he has a daughter. Wow. Machine Gun Kelly? I don't. I don't think so. That's so. not his Machine Girl. <laughs> no. Oh my. I don't God. think Machine Gun Kelly um has a daughter. Who's his daughter? After, after listening to. That album. <laughs> I mean, I hope he doesn't have a daughter. No, he has, right? Oh, uh, there's pictures. I see the pictures. Oh, he does. oh, wait, that's right. Okay, so I remember like seeing a bullshit interview with him, or at least a clip from an interview where he like he weirdly fetishizes like black women, uh, in a really gross way. Yeah, oh. and uh, yeah, I, so I think his daughter is half black, uh, which made me feel sad. So, <laughs> I don't know why. that's funny. Yeah, it was just, just like the con, the context that's... of it. It was just like listening to him talk about, like, I don't know, like him being horny for black women oh specifically, my God. and then him saying that he has like a half black daughter is just like. Oh. Under what kind of context he said that? It wasn't good. Like. Uh, <laughs> It wasn't Jesus. good. There was also like an interview with him where he's like, oh, "Yeah, yeah, you know, Guns and Roses, uh, the Led Zeppelin, yeah, they all fucked tw- uh, like sixteen year olds." So like, you know, I want to as well. And he was like twenty four at the time. Oh my and god! It's like, god come oh on! Oh my god! Seems <laughs> so... illegal. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so never listen to him. <laughs> Um, don't think it's, I ever will. Probably a good decision. <laughs> Wait, how do we go to Machine Gun Kelly? Who, who, who was listening to Machine Gun Kelly as part of the, this week's doc? Oh, it was Machine Girl. I'm def- it was it was sorry. Oh. I told you I would only make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> like, who put this on the docket? Yeah. But Machine Girl's good. Yes. Okay, yes. everyone listen yes. to Machine Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Famous. What is uh, Hi. what is Yomari? Looked pretty cool. Uh, Yomari is a uh, uh, very cute style um Japanese horror game um based on like uh mythology um the, essentially so the way Tim described uh Neon White, which I I do want to pick up one day and give it a shot, was very much like gameplay focus first because apparently he hated the story, <laughs> which makes me sad because that's the part I gave that I enjoy, um but. I'll, I'll do it this from the opposite side. So I'll focus on story first. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. So um, I'm a big fan of Japanese um, RPGs. 
because uh, I enjoyed the the story and the uh, visual visual novel aspect of it. Um, like reading a book that's actually fun. Um, and Yomawari is uh, <laughs> a very cute isometric Japanese horror game. Um, I can post a picture in chat. But you can also Google it. It looks like very ador- adorable from the uh, screenshots. Um, but the plot is that you're this girl who um, her last memory was on the rooftop of her school building. Um, and then she wakes up like back at home. It's just no idea what ha- would transpire between like being on the rooftop, like like on the edge and um, being back at home. And she has one night to uncover the memories of what happened. Uh, so she runs out into the uh, night and has to encounter like all these um, kind of like spirit uh, ghost think they're technically all yokai which is different from like yori which is ghosts like uh demon in in japanese uh but japanese mythology is really cool because uh demons aren't just like one thing as in christian mythology there's like a whole swath mm-hmm. of like different unique characters and and uh things so it's really cool like exploring all the uh um uh different creatures um but yeah, it's 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 super cool. The uh, mechanics are very simple. Um, you have a flashlight, and you can close your eyes. So a flashlight is how you like uncover things in the uh, darkness. Because um, our style is like it's really cool, but like uh, the field of vision is kind of limited at times, and um, you're like a little girl, so you can't really like fight anything. So if a, something's coming by, the way you avoid it is that you have to close your eyes and like feel the heartbeat of the thing as it like passes by you. So even yeah. though it's like mm. really cool, like 2D graphics, it's still like very gripping and terrifying because you because when you close your eyes, um, the graphics of the screen, you know, go black. So you don't see it coming, but you like see like a heartbeat flash, like a, a flash wow. of red as it's coming by. So it's like, oh god! It's like, as it's getting closer, like it beats faster and faster. It's like it's right next to me. I don't want to move, um, but you're waiting for it to 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 go by. Super cool game, super cool mythology, which is up my alley from my research. Um, Yeah, I I absolutely love these games. Uh, The first two, I don't think I've been translated into English, so it's like a type of game that I have to kind of like find patches for or find someone that understands Japanese and translates it for English and plays it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a kind of obscure media, which I kind of like. But yeah, that's Yomawari. Wow, cool. I think... Is it, uh, the game that it reminds me of the most, or I guess the two games, um, is it part of like the Yumaniki uh, school of design? That sort of approach? or What is that? You never played Yumaniki? I'm surprised. Um, I'm not. Yumaniki is like, um, it was an RPG maker game, uh, and it but it didn't use like the RPG mechanics of it. It was like a completely like an exploration game. So it it was this like a freeware Japanese game that was super influential because it sort of brought attention to like exploration as like the main focal point of uh, of games, mm-hmm. um, and like the. Uh, the interactions that you have with like the, the creatures that are there or like the, the, like the spaces themselves are mostly like what are uh, mo- mostly what like you get out of it. Um, it's like clearly like super influenced by earthbound, like the scarier parts of earthbound, especially if you look at like the more surreal, like spaces in earthbound. Um, mm. But yeah, it's like super, super, super influential uh, for like RPG maker games, exploration games, uh, horror games, etc. 
Oh, I, I actually have heard of this now that I'm, I'm looking at it. I've, I've seen it now. I'm looking at the um, image of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, very similar. It's, it's this notion of like ex exploration as the main mechanic. I found your description of that how uh, Monster approached the main character uh, is super appealing. And the way, like, the design, like, as a little girl, I mean, of course, it's super logical, like, reasonable to mm. close your eyes when there's something horrible, uh, horrifying is approaching. And I wonder, mm. like, what, so what's next? Like, you just hear the monster coming closer and closer. Like, do you ever fight or do you run away? Like, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so there's a few other mechanics. Like, you can uh -huh. run, but the sprint, the, the sprint mechanic is limited like you run out of stamina um and if you so the way it works is that um well i'm very much into like mythology and stuff and there's certain um mythologies uh, there's certain um tricks in mythology to avoid demons and things or rather yokai and one of the, one of them in japanese and also other cultures is that um you can i spent the best way to explain it is that uh for certain cultures, the eyes are the windows of the soul. Yeah. Um, they're the things that like emanate presence. So it's the act mm. of closing your eyes that eliminates your presence, mm. so that it doesn't know that you're there. If they bump into you, then you know, oh, this is, is a squ squishy thing. I'm gonna eat it. Um, so you like try to go off to a corner, close your eyes, and hope that like whatever random path the thing is traveling in doesn't, you know touch you but like you can feel it getting closer by the uh velocity of the heartbeat and how fast it is wow. wait so you you can't oh progress with the eyes closed yeah um you can still move with the, with the eyes closed but you can't see your environment so you have no idea where you're going wow i can't think of yeah. any other game like that it, it's a really cool and really simple mechanic um and the, the thing that really intrigued me is that um with the level of simplicity and like eloquence to it it's something that like a small indie studio which is what this is can code instead of like you know a triple a titles of like grand theft auto right. or a, right. yeah um gta like mm -hmm. sure those games are fun if that's what mm -hmm. you enjoy but like these simple mechanics are just so eloquent and exploration and narrative based that they make such a great story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really want to play this game mm -hmm. if it's, you know, VR. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure someone has done a similar VR yeah. port or, you know, Hany, whenever, whenever we do the uh, game night, I will bring my um, Oculus and, and we'll, we'll throw you into a, a, a spooky game. Uh-huh. And the other... No, no, no. I think this is great. <laughs> and, and also, like, we can use actual, like, flashlight or the uh, flashlight the, in the game like the, the thing you said like you can light up only a spot mm. like I'm thinking more about like real physical flashlights play a role in the game that uh that actually wouldn't be impossible to make with VR yeah, headset yeah, yeah the... I think it's gonna be super spooky but fun that'd be fun oh that'd be cool if I wasn't already doing something else in my thesis that'd be fun <laughs> gave you your thesis but you do your uh you oh. do your defense in darkness <laughs> oh, oh. As... And slowly get closer <laughs> 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 like green light 
No, Tim, you uh, have to cut the, that part out. <laughs> uh, I'll send, I, can, I can censor it. Uh, it hopefully, I'll remember. Um, just the name. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, if I can compare it to one of the semi-obscure PS2 games that I've wanted to play for a while that I played this week. Um, I played Fatal Frame, and that seems like what you're describing seems very. <gasps> really, um, I... famous showed me yeah, this. I, I... I know yeah, what we're yeah, talking I about. Had, uh, <laughs> Chloe and Allison play um, Fatal Frame Five, and I said I had them play uh, Bayonetta. Yeah, I played. I played yeah. the first one though uh, because I bought it like years ago, and I just never like opened it. Um, Super good and, and so steeped in Japanese uh, lore and mythology. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. That game is like, I respect a lot of what that game was doing, but like, it's pretty janky um it's it's got some it's got some ps2 jank to it um but like uh the thing that like one of the things that impressed me the most was i don't know if you played the first one but like the vibration in that game is like specifically like really good like it hmm. really adds to like the uh the tension and i'm sort of thinking yeah. like uh the heartbeat that you're describing in um yomawari it sounds like it's it's like a similar like i don't know feeling yeah affect it's it's definitely the mm -hmm. um, it's definitely the small things that make the uh, biggest difference. Um, but uh, on the Fatal Frame note, the uh, well, Fatal Frame, uh, like in the name title, one of the main mechanics is that you have to like snap a photo, like a a, a Fatal Frame mm -hmm. of ghosts that's coming to you because you can't. The, the, uh, these games like to do a thing where you can't really fight these these apparitions. You have to go about dealing with them in like special uh, means, uh, kind of like entwined with mythology. The way. Japanese culture works that when the camera came came over there to that land, we're say um they uh similar to like um Indian no similar to like Native American culture they thought like a camera would like steal mm. part yeah, of yeah part yeah yeah I think it's similar um, but yeah sorry <laughs> yeah no no you totally right um, but in, instead of like being as fearful of it they've used it uh, it, it kind of morphed into uh, post mortem photography so like. The stealing the part of the soul became like preserving the memory of someone after death. Oh my god! Um, so the mechanic in that game is that if like a ghost is coming at you, if you get him like a, a good camera frame angle, like right up close to you, and you snap the photo, it dispels the uh, spirit. But like it, it's it's like it's like snapping a frame of like right before the jump scare gets you. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, yeah. Oh, that's so and it's, fascinating. Like, it, Point and and it. it I, I like I don't know I I mostly liked that there I got frustrated at points because you know it's, it's a course, yeah. horror game and they're gonna make yeah, it as yeah. difficult as possible but like um I don't know like I'm still interested in playing the second and the third one because I've heard that they're like like excellent um yeah they, they get better but you know sequels <laughs> yeah um but this one it it just within like I don't know four or five hours of the game. Uh, I really just started to see through the gameplay loop, and it was just like, okay, now go to the other side of the mansion and take this yeah, like yeah. very obscure photo. No, I I, I totally agree. I, I do have Fatal Frame Five. If you're ever curious, Tim, I'll I horror, let you know. I think horror games in general are the biggest victim of that issue. Yeah, what? the yeah. seams are so easy with a little bit of repetition to see past, and then you can't yeah. maintain fear. You know? No, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, um, I don't think that's. That's why, like, most horror games are so short, though. They're really short. Yeah, exactly. That being said, Tim Georgia, what is Jesse Rodkin's favorite camera-based video game? <laughs> uh, God, uh... 
Is it Pokemon Snap? It's Pokemon Snap! <laughs> oh my oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Do you want a do you want a better camera based video game? Pokemon uh, Snap. Is, yes. Switch. <laughs> no, no. Umurangi Generation was like my favorite game of last year. Uh, uh, and it clearly has like knowledge about cameras and appreciation for cameras. Jesse, what did you do this week? <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, my life is an ever continuing loop of Avatar: The Last Airbender, and. Um, whatever Zelda game I currently feel like, but um, I watched four, f- four, yeah, four films in the last week, all of which I've seen before, but I saw one for the first time in a really long time, and it had such an amazing character entrance, and I thought this is this must be the best character entrance of all time. This is how I themed my week of movie watching, based on character entrances. And I'll give you the, the the three others, but I won't give you my number one character entrance okay. yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's so funny? No, it's just the way you're setting it up. Okay. I don't know if I could come up with four movies where I'm like... Could you yeah, think of this... any great character entrances? First of all, uh, other than... I'm not going to include this because it's everyone in the world is, is the Joker in Dark Knight. Oh, the Joker! Uh... <laughs> I get it. I, I get it. Sure, I get it. Sure. <laughs> Hold your breath, Chloe. <laughs> I'm fine. No, no, what, what, do you, what would you... <laughs> would you think of amazing characters? That's not on my list. I think that's what would come into everyone's I... mind. I mean, nothing is Okay. Four things came into my mind. Happy right, feet. What are they? <laughs> what? The penguin, right. the dancing penguin CGI movie. That's yeah. like, I like that like, I had to preface it by, uh, by noting that it's CGI after saying that it's dancing penguins. Penguin dance. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that, isn't that somebody's like uh, last movie? Like somebody important? No, I'm sorry. Oh, you're God. thinking of March oh. of the Penguins. No, hold on. Uh, who did um, who did Mad Max? It was like the Mel Gibson. No, the director. Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> or the new Mad Max. Well, it was George. Miller? Yeah, Ezra did... Miller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. George Miller did both Happy Feet one and two. Uh, in between the other Mad Maxes and Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> Wait, did George Miller mm. do other Mad Maxes? He did, uh, yeah, he did all of them, I think. I thought Mel Gibson yeah. directed them. Oh my god. No, he, Mad Max, Mad Max 2. He also did Babe. He did? <laughs> what a he weird career. And then the sequel, <laughs> Babe, Pig in the City. Oh yeah, I my could do without god. that one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, George Miller has had a fucking uh. weird career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're making a Fury, <coughs> excuse me. They're making a Furiosa movie with Anya Taylor Ooh. Joy. I'm interested. I love Anya Taylor Joy. I like Furiosa. Now I'm looking at George. Anyway, Happy Feet. Did you hey. guys see Happy Feet? No. <laughs> I when you never saw I Happy was, Feet when I was a child. It's at so some good. Point. I know about it, but never watch it. Oh, it's you got. It's so good. <laughs> it's got a cast and a half. And this penguin, <laughs> it's in an egg, and you hear tapping from the inside of the shell. And then before 
the penguin comes out, it its feet come out, uh-huh. and it starts dancing and tapping because it's a penguin who tap dances instead of sings. Duh. <laughs> so it's such a great. <laughs> what about the feet? That that's its character <laughs> entrance. Is it's yeah. like. Why is this everything? That's, everything I mean, else is chirping, but this you just hear like a tap, 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 tap. tap. Uh, I mean, and then that's feet not just... just burst out, and then it immediately goes into like, s- like, a, like, like dance tap ish thing, but in an e- it was great. <laughs> I mean, or... that's not just the character entrance. That's just the character. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, it's sure it, the character enters like that, but the character just keeps, you know. That's the that. grand entrance to life. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh my god. You mean like that's not an entrance because it's the whole summation of the character? Yeah. Then baby, you're going to hate the rest of my list. Oh Christ. <laughs> are they all dance movies? <laughs> no. Although my next one is very heavily dance themed. It's a Clockwork Orange. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. That's a good that's a good character. And that's not dance, but then it is. Um, so basically, and it's also the whole... S- what's up? So, basically, that penguin just keep dancing? <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's, from a singing, it's from a singing society, but it's, it can't sing, but it can dance. And they don't understand dance. But it's almost... So, it's like he's born with this special talent, and he just... His entire life is just determined by the moment he was born. Yeah. But well, he's no, different it's not from all the rest of them. No, the birth doesn't matter. It's the trait that matters. He's different from all the rest of them, though, and he needs to dance to find out who he really is. No, no, no. No. Wonder... See, he's outcasted, but he never changes. He's perfect the whole time. Does he ever. It's ex- about acceptance. Does he ever experience, like, some sort of midlife crisis that he's just. I don't want to dance, you know? <laughs> well, I haven't seen Happy Feet 2, okay. but <laughs> he hates his curse. He hates his gift. Yeah, I mean, exactly. He gets out, he, he's, he's black penguined for it, not black sheeped. Um, <laughs> they kick him out of his society for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you need to see Happy Feet. <laughs> like, also, the he, soundtrack is great. Yeah, does he ever see a podiatrist? You know? No, th- th- there's no health care <laughs> in the society. <laughs> Antarctica famous for its lack of healthcare. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it takes place in America, actually. I'm just thinking, you know, like well, if you're born like from your mom's womb, and like for example, Jesse, you were born with, you know, um, editing films. You can't. You just. You just come came out with Final Cut Pro in your hands. <laughs> yeah, I did actually. <laughs> No, but that that's that's a big thing about movie character entrances is they say everything about the character. Right? Like you can sure. g- you can gain everything that they're trying to tell you by just vomiting 110% of that dynamic on the screen immediately. Yeah, I could see that. Sure. Especially I just rewatched uh Pirates okay, of the Caribbean the fuck. first one recently. Okay, that's my number 1. <laughs> yes, I just rewatched it. It's so good. good. It's the best. Yeah. Like, I, I love, <laughs> I love. They're a guilty pleasure movie for me. The whole, all of them. But the first one is like a good movie. Like that's a good film. Yeah. But his yeah. entrance, it's like the greatest thing ever. You just fuck, fuck, Chloe. Come on. <laughs> no, I. I know you're <laughs> my whole. Setup. I had a whole build up. <laughs> 
What was number two then? <laughs> number number yeah, two was a downer. Actually, I was really disappointed. It's um Gilda. Any of y'all ever Gilda. see Gilda? It's a forties oh. movie. It's Rita Hayworth. Oh. Um, and spouted I saw for me. What'd you say? She just spouted for me, Gilda. G I L D A. Is she old? It sounds like she's seventy. No, that's you know how all the old people now have old people names while well, they weren't always old. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe that. Yeah, <laughs> my grandma was never sixteen. <laughs> no one named She was always was just dead. <laughs> Dude, Gilda's been on my watch list for five it, years. It is like, a actually. great. It is a well-made film, <laughs> technically, and it is a very male gaze-oriented film. And it's on the floor, when I was and when I was like eleven, and my grandfather, no, my great uncle was like, Jesse, this is one of the greatest American classics. You're gonna love it. I was like, Oh my god, this is amazing. Because it doesn't matter what's on screen. Once I'm told that it's great, I'm gonna be like, Yeah, this is great. <laughs> And I'll be such a cool 11-year-old telling my friends at school to go watch Gilda. Um, but it's got this amazing, cre- technically amazing entry for Rita Hayworth where you don't see her, you see her silhouette, and you see Glenn Ford's mm-hmm. reaction to her. And it's like, love at first sight. And he's just, oh my god, this is the most amazing woman I've ever seen. You know, he's silent, <laughs> but he's saying so much. And and at the time, I was like, oh, this must be the most amazing woman ever. But then I was like, no, I'm just immediately supposed to gain my interpretation from this thirst boy who just like she's like undressed, but she isn't. It, it, it's it's I don't know. Whatever. Jack Sparrow, though. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. <laughs> To go back to a point I made earlier, uh, going with my lack of knowledge of movies from the 40s, uh, is, is, is the male lead uh, the most hideous man you've ever seen? No, they <laughs> never cast... No, no, no. All the hideous male leads that everyone thinks were so gorgeous, they were back then. I, uh, God, I'm <laughs> slipping on his name. Uh, uh, oh, God, I can't remember his name, but I feel like it's a good counterexample. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Oh Christ! Names <laughs> I don't movies. know. I can't. I'm. I'm. I'm not a movie oh. boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a movie boy in a movie world. Is he very famous? Yeah. Like Humphrey? Humphrey? Yeah, Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, Humphrey Bogart's not. Yeah, That's Humphrey Bogart's <laughs> fucking hideous. Like That's no. That's hilarious. <laughs> Humphrey Bogart? Yeah, he's not the best looking. Yeah, Humphrey Bogart's not attractive. He's like he had charm. But he was no he. He had some good shit going for him. Maybe in the acting early, world. That's I don't what, know no, early that. Humphrey Bogart. Bogart. Uh, 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 Chloe, you're nailing it today with the Pirates of the Caribbean and the Humphrey Bogart presumptions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. He's a good-looking... He was a good-looking gentleman. I've only ever seen him as somebody who looks like... Know. I don't know. Could you could you to a fault? I could you put in photos and related clips of what we're discussing up so that the the children at home yeah I can thirst over hum, over Humphrey Bogart Bogart like oh I currently God. am. <laughs> he died of throat cancer. Prince, Prince every every single that picture of him on Google Images, he's smoking a cigarette. Yeah, yeah I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. 
No, he had something going for him. Yeah, I don't know. But then I think also like also what he had going for it for him was like his relationship with Bacall cuz like everyone fell in love yeah. with the both of them during to have and have not and big sleep. Um and I think that's kind of going back to Catherine and Sean. <laughs> um I think that's kind of like what the film like these films have in common is just like uh how much can we push this chemistry on our audience but it's also a very strange chemistry because it's the age gap mm. is so great and you're like should i be like so much this? so much has to um, do with soundtrack <laughs> and with gaze of like direct not like male gaze but just um the act of seeing how character feels <laughs> rather than actually showing chemistry between characters. Do you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know if I'm explaining that well enough. Like, there's so much manipulation um, between swelling of orchestra and, and, and correct facial <laughs> response to, I love this woman, you know? like. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, there is, like, several moments where, in at least in Trapment, where we get a solid three different shots of Sean Connery just gazing at um And Catherine. then it cuts to that gif. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, before yeah. you explained it, I thought Crazy. she was, I mean, in that gif, before you explained, I thought she was, like, cleaning uh, <laughs> up. I, I thought she was, like, wiping the... Gotta get under the couch. She was cleaning yeah. out. Like, like bowling court, like for bowling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for bowling. She does look like she's in like a Russian tracksuit. Yeah, she's training. <laughs> training to clean. Okay, so Humphrey Bogart, and now what's number one? Jack Sparrow, Pirates oh, of the Caribbean. Sparrow. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's uh, when's the last time you guys saw The Curse of the Black Pearl? Oh my god! Like a couple weeks ago, too. Why? What prompted this in us? Only you two. I just wanted to relive my childhood. Also, I was like sick. I tend to watch these easy, yeah, this and like Zorro, (laughs) and like I'll now add Entrapment (laughs) to my sick watch list. Just like feel good, stupid movies from like the nineties, early two thousands, like The Mummy, a classic. Start believing in ghost tales. Exactly. Um, What's the film that I've never seen? Oh, I've never seen Princess Bride. Neither have I. Princess Bride's pretty good. I know Uh, that's like I'm not allowed to say that out loud. Oh, we're not. (laughs) Well, I'm not. You are. Oh. Okay. Yeah, Princess Bride. Yeah. I always get Princess Bride mixed up with Princess Diaries for some reason. No. Uh, I have no idea why that is. Princess Diaries I have seen. (laughs) (laughs) I think I saw it when I was, like, in first grade, and I remember nothing of it. uh, it, But it probably wasn't very good. No, Princess Bride's great, though. Um, Yeah, that movie's a lot of fun. Does anyone else imagine first grade Mm -hmm. Tim with the mustache? (laughs) Yeah, I did. (laughs) No, it it was exactly his face on the first grade body. Yes. <laughs> Which I'm gonna Photoshop, and you're gonna put in the in the in the video version of this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I am. <laughs> also, uh, I, I was, also I watched all of the boys. 
Oh, I've, I've not seen that yet. Oh, I've heard I about exp- that. Is it good? It's pretty good. It's like really treads the line of stupid good and actually good really well. Like I was expecting like some Riverdale bullshit, you know? Isn't it just like live action, like <laughs> Invincible? Invincible's garbage, in my opinion. Invincible was fantastic. I hate Invincible. <laughs> I, I hate <laughs> The only thing I know about Riverdale is that Riverdale is like just like psychotic, but I don't know. I know nothing else about it, so. I was just expecting, you know, MCU, but soap opera MCU, like even worse. It's it's mm-hmm. pretty good. Like, a, it's just highly enjoyable if you just want something easy and stupid. And and it's pretty funny actually. Like, I don't know. It's it's I'm I'm amazed at the quality. I would put it as like maybe top five on TV right now. Okay. okay. As enjoyability, not maybe like craft. You know, like I'm not gonna when it ends, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna think about it. <laughs> I just googled Riverdale because I have no idea what it is. And just from the picture, just from the image, like, <laughs> search results, it looks really like, um, Scream Queen to me. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah, Scream Queen. Remember Superman <laughs> Wait, I, I remember there was a, wait, no, is, um, Riverdale, is, that's like Superman and Lois Lane and that kind of stuff? No, that's Heroes. That's Smallville. Smallville. Wait, oh. uh, which is Heroes? Is Heroes not also Superman? Is what now? Heroes? What's that? No, Smallville. It's definitely not Heroes. Smallville, I think. Yeah, it's Smallville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that in my high school. Wait, oh, Scream yeah. Queens has Emma Roberts, uh, right? Yeah. Emma Roberts doesn't miss. She picks good shit. Nancy Drew, bro. Oh, maybe she misses. <laughs> I didn't know she was in that. Okay. What's wrong with Nancy Drew? That's a classic. Not this. <laughs> oh, also, it, it, she it, it, only it, it, likes it, it, horror. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, on you, I think you're the last one uh, out. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, damn, I feel like all your guys' uh, last week consumption had something like in similarities. <laughs> they did. Mine is just um, randomly, um, randomly opened Criterion channel and started watching uh, this documentary about Beverly Glenn Copeland. I uh, don't know if you guys know about him. Mm. I no. encountered him like, I think it's in the end of 2019. Um, in the, during that time period, I was listening to the Roaches or Roaches. How do you pronounce their name? Roaches. Roaches. The, the very um, beautiful uh, vocal trial. Um, so, and mm. somehow Spotify algorithm thinks I should like Beverly <laughs> Glenn Copeland. So, um, I got like recommended from Spotify and I just couldn't stop listening to uh, his albums and then slowly discovered like is basically undiscovered um like a undiscovered gem back then and then i think he hits like the public like got finally got the reputation he deserves in 2020 yeah so this documentary is uh, quite interesting um and uh, of course the music is beautiful he is awesome brilliant 
um, they retrospect how you know he basically spent uh, his entire life making music that remained being undiscovered by the general public, and how he finally uh, gained the fame and reputation, and also the current band he, uh, he has, um, of which like. Uh, everyone else uh, is like super young, <laughs> uh, with him being uh, very old. And then in the second half, uh, in the first half of the documentary, they basically just talk about you know like general personal history and uh, his family, like how he was initially born in this family that has like a huge influence on him about classical music and black uh, spiritual like black gospel music. Um, second half focus more mm -hmm. a little bit on like um, this journey of of him being undiscovered musically and the journey of him being transgendered and within the time frame that there is no such knowledge or reference in our society about transgender back in his time. And so I found this like parallel is very fascinating, like how it's both like the journey of like finding something out throughout his life. Um, and there's something hit me really hard in the last, like he was basically giving a narrative about how young transgender or queer um, group of people approached him and expressing their um, gratitude or whatever. Am I using the word right? Gratitude. Um, yep. <laughs> and they said, like, I was just so thankful of his music and contribution. And he said, like, that's the moment he realized, like, I was destined to be influential when I am old. I was just, like, mm -hmm. so hit by mm -hmm. that, like, how magically life work uh in a very yeah. compelling <laughs> level very uh deeply touched by just all these different storylines come together and and how you know life and destiny work together in this way and uh, one thing i found really interesting i don't know why they left out like one puzzle of his life they didn't cover in the documentary is that he spent like his most of his like career. I mean, he's been making music. Yeah, the children's show part. They never talk about that. They never talk about his contribution, his work in Sesame Street, and uh, the. Um, I think he's also in a very apparently a very famous Canadian kids show, but they never talk about that part, which I found very interesting. Like, why why did they leave that out? But Still, pretty decent uh, documentary, um, but I was just mostly very, very enjoying the music and his personal stories. That, that yeah. is super cool. Um, oh, sorry, Tim. Well, I was just going to say, I looked it up, and it looks like uh, the two albums he mostly has, uh, the big ones, uh, uh, self-titled and Keyboard Fantasies, uh, ellipses before and after uh, the word Keyboard Fantasies. Um, they look like, uh, from these genre tags, they look very comfy, but they also look like 
very different from each other. Uh, and they, there's like 16 years apart. But yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard of this dude, but he some, looks like he'll be great. Their music is just <laughs> so, oh my god, so like trend, trend, transcend, trans, oh my god, my English. Transcendent. Uh, transcendental. Like, is that a, like, mm-hmm. You're sending like you're you're sending up to the sky by a rocket like that kind of feeling, and you can yeah. definitely hear the influence of mm-hmm. gospel and um, uh, classical music training. The way he plays with synthesizers, I think like he made the one of keyboard fantasy was made like by Atari something <laughs> like the early synthesizer sound and how he played with. Uh, his own voice and all those computer sounds, very very um, creative. And, and and that album's about nature. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know how to there's describe a, there's it. There's so many. Mm-hmm. There's so many modern day, and I wouldn't call him contemporary, mm-hmm. obviously, but there's so many modern day, you know, black jazz background musicians who also come from like insanely classical roots and gospel roots obviously um and they all end up going to synthesizers at some point it's really weird like they're like almost every i don't know every single performer that i find finds himself coming from a very similar trajectory and obviously all the content is incredibly different um i don't know about the atari though like that's insane <laughs> yeah i feel like um playing with like like really comfy, nice textures is like becoming um sort of big in jazz right now. Uh, from what I've seen, sort of like having, make sort of making like ambient jazz almost. Um, one of my favorite releases from last year was uh an album called Space Point One Point Eight by uh Nala Sinifro. Um, and that sounds to be like a lot what you're talking about, even though that's more on like the the jazz side rather than like the um the classical or new age side. But there's definitely like influence from those areas in it. Yeah, and it seems like um uh Glenn Copeland um also influenced uh the Canadian composer Caribou. So I can see that kind of translating into this kind of uh neo psychedelia mm-hmm. stuff, especially I, I don't know if we've heard of a genre called like Soultronic. Yeah. I think that's a thing too now. Um and I think Fortet also credits um some work to Glenn Copeland too. So that's fascinating to kind of see. I mean, really the point, in the point that for genre. me is that there, there's like no genre anymore. You know, there's no genre constrictions anymore in music at this point. You've seen a million artists that have self-titled debut albums. Yeah. So Glenn Copeland was just Copeland originally, Beverly Copeland, and had a debut album, Copeland. And then had a second self-titled re-debut album called Glenn Copeland. What? Yeah. Yeah, it went from... Two uh, self-titled yeah. albums, which I've never seen ever by anyone else in the world. And I'm pretty sure co-founded Transgression, the label. And, oh, I read about this earlier. Something to do with, maybe it was in his discography. Mm-hmm. He has an Instagram. Something to do with the word Phoenix. Oh, no. Went under pseudonym Phoenix for a while. Mm, there were many, many going through changes mm. references throughout their music career. Mm. And I've never seen anyone ever with two 
self-titled albums, both of which were listed as debut albums. Can you not debut twice? Bjork kind of did, but I won't get into that. <laughs> I, I, were... I don't think Rob debuting twice. Why? What were Bjork's albums? Oh, uh, Bjork had an album that came out when she was like 11, and then she completely disowned that and came out with, like, her first album's called Debut, because she wanted to distance herself from that album as much as possible. So, but it's not called Also Bjork. No, it isn't. Okay. <laughs> I think, uh, it's like, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but it's Bjork, whatever. Bjorkinson. Her last name. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me look. Bjork? Oh my god. Never mind. Yeah, just just yeah. go by Bjork. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's, she's Icelandic, so. But alright, we want to take a break? Like, quick, five, ten minutes? Cool beans. Let's right. do it. Uh, we'll be back in a bit. Uh, when we get back, we will be talking about folklore. So sit tight. Are you gonna cut to like Glenn <laughs> Copeland music here? Oh, I could totally do that. Like five was, minutes of Glenn Copeland, and then we get back in. Keeping the other oh. one. Oh God! Yeah. Now I've got to censor <laughs> now, and now I've got to censor me saying. Wait, no, no, throw out the, throw out the. Just like Jesse. <laughs> but the well. <laughs> we gotta um, have humility here in in cup. Oh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so for this week, um, our uh, our homework was folklore, uh, a game by, it looks like Game Republic, who's a. Developer I've never heard of. Uh, famous, you wanna you wanna take the reins for the rest of this? Oh, sorry, I was drinking juice and I choked. Sure, hi, folklore. Uh, okay, well I I prefer to start with um, human interaction versus ex- explanation. How did you guys feel about it? Did, did you actually watch it? Uh, I watched the like opening cutscenes and then um, I had it. I had like when it actually got into like the gameplay, I had it on a second monitor. Sort of like it was like a you know, Twitch stream was watching or something. Um, the the I I did a bit of research on this game. Um, uh, one of the things that it's I remember Welsh. seeing was on backlog. Uh, someone saying uh, at one point this was the best game on the PS3. Yeah. God, can I totally see that knowing the history of the PS3? Yeah. The Last of Us. It's Th- this was. Games. 
Yeah, this, this was way earlier. Yeah. 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 This looks like it was a release title or very close to a release title. Uh, I had never heard of it, uh, but it totally does look like it has like PS2 jank. It just happens to be on PS3. Yeah. Uh, it, it, was super it looks early. like a PlayStation 2 game. Is that an insult or compliment? Um. Yes. <laughs> Graphically, it looks a little better, and like you know, you can tell it's like an early PS3 game because they did like the uh, the motion controls to get XP. It looks like, um, which which is so oh, like way more than early just... PS3 thing. Oh, did you uh, say I XP? Played... Yeah, kinda. Uh, and I've I've played Layer, so I know about the, uh, <laughs> those six axis controls. But uh, yeah, you can tell this is like an early PS3 game. Like hearing that, it like everything like sort of made sense after that and you played this famous i i own it well that i that don't mean you played it <laughs> yes i i i played it I, it's actually my steam library <laughs> fair enough yes I, i've played it i've i've ironically not completed it but i've gotten extremely far in it um how did you guys feel about the, the, did you did you guys understand like the bit of a story like i said watch an, an hour and i expect to get anyone to watch the entire gameplay of it um understand what was like going on and like the, the uh, intro i had a general idea um but like uh part of it part of like the ps2 ps early ps3 jank for it for me was like the translation on this is like kind of weird like okay one thing i noticed is like they never use punctuation unless it's like an exclamation point or a question mark uh yeah. or like <laughs> um some of the sentences are just constructed weird which almost adds to it from what it looks like because it is you are going into this weird mystical world of fairies and like fairies aren't really a topic that's covered in games very often. Mm -hmm. um, but like, uh, so I feel like it added to it a little bit. But like, it, yeah, it, it totally had a weird like I guess tone to it. Fair enough. Well, I, I guess I'll explain the story. I guess for for the uh, viewers, watchers, listeners. Um, so folklore, uh, by game. Republic is a interesting uh little game. It's kind of like a murder murder mystery uh, exploration, a little bit of adventure stuff. And it the main plot is that you're um playing as two separate characters, um Ellen and oh god, I forgot the name of, of the guy because I didn't like him very much when I was a kid. Um, Keith. But, uh, Keith. 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 Yeah, I thought his name was dumb, so I didn't commit it to memory. Keith. <laughs> um, but he, he he's super nice, I guess. Um. So you go to the the village of um, Doolin. Um, it's based in Welsh mythology. Uh, so Ellen's uh, mother um, has sent her uh, a letter saying, uh, you know, something's up. Uh, she's in trouble. Please come to this uh, village. Um, Doolin uh, is known in the game as like a gateway between the land of the living and the world of the dead, which is a bit of a mistranslation in um the story uh technically it's not the land of the dead it's more so just like fairy realm which and a, a lot of medieval poetry people mistranslate as uh like the land of the dead but it's kind of like another parallel existence where other creatures reside um so that's a bit weird i, I guess most outside people would consider that to be like the land of the dead or like another existence after death but still mm -hmm. kind of wrong um but i i like this game because it was my first uh foyer into uh gameplay where um 
the story is divided between two parallel perspectives. Because um, you, you go through the game kind of twice, one as Ellen, one as, as Keith, um, and you go through the same environments, which you get different sides of the story based on who you're playing as, um, which is an interesting duality um, in, in video games, because as, as a gamer, you're playing in the perspective of the character, so you have a kind of a skewed view or perception of how the story is unfolding. So to get, so to play through one level as this character's perspective, and then go through it again as another character's perspective, where different things are happening in parallel, like you're seeing it from like a different angle, it kind of throws you out of like controlling a character. Um, and it's in like this weird ephemeral zone of like I'm helping guide these two characters' stories, but I'm not um, overtaking their persona, uh, um, so to speak. It's it's more so like I'm uh, like a fly on the shoulder, or like like a voice in the the ether directing it. And I very much enjoy that kind of gameplay or or, or story direction um where you're not impersonating the actual character but you're along the ride with them and i think that's a very strong thing that happens when you have multiple protagonists um uh battling back and forth via narrative if that makes sense yeah uh i'm legally obliged to bring up uh one of the greatest games of all time pathologic 2 <laughs> or i guess pathologic 1 as well because that does this as well, uh, and I guess technically Pathologic 2. Do you like Pathologic, this, Tim? This anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, Pathologic does something very similar um, uh, in that, like, you have three characters. Uh, you have to do one and two before you can do three, but you have uh, three characters, and then you get to see, like, the um, the perspective of, like, how the Sand Plague takes over the, um, the town from the three perspectives, one from a... Uh, one from the perspective of like a more uh, shamanistic healer, one from the perspective of a of a scientist, and one that's like sort of halfway between the two. Um, and mm -hmm. I did see that in this. Uh, the let's play itself. Uh, I know that they like do they go back and forth between the two. But are you? Do you have to play that way? Like, do you have to complete ch like chapter one with both characters before you move on to chapter two? Absolutely. Or do you like just play through the entire game as one character and then play through it the entire game as the other? Absolutely not. Um, you can play through the entire game as, as as one character and then go through the other character, or you could just stop after one, uh, which I think is a is a is an interesting choice because as you know, if if I were to play it and then Tim were to play it, my natural way of doing it is that I want to play um, Ellen's story, uh, like 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 Ellen's chapter, then play Keith, and then go to chapter mm -hmm. two, play Ellen's, the, the, then play Keith. That's my natural mm -hmm. direction of it, but I know. Other people might go like full Ellen or, or like full Keith um, and then go to the other person. And I think that would definitely change your perception of the uh, like if, if, if me and the uh, hypothetical Tim were to, were to talk about afterwards, there would be like a different experience, which I think is something that you couldn't get. Uh, at least I, I don't know how you would make that in like a filmic way, like make a film with two different perspectives in it. Um, Everyone's favorite director, right, Chloe? Oh my gosh! Stop doing Tarantino. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that a lot today. Sorry. 
yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but also, you know, I since this is a video a square video game that only I own, I um for the viewers I didn't like make the other hosts play it. I gave them a, a let's play to view, which is also like a different like layer on top of it. Um, mm. I didn't mind the let's play because it was one of them that like didn't talk over it, which I thought was better for like mm. um you humans to view it. But I also noted that um. They had a, a, a DLC install where Ellen's um, outfit was uh, Santa Claus, and I forgot about that, um, which I personally hate, but I wasn't the one playing. <laughs> it, it, it's just because the, 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 the outfit is like such a... Um, the, the original outfit is very beautiful. Obviously, it's male gaze um, in, inspired, um, but I just hate it. it. It just looks so dumb that she was in like a Santa Claus-themed outfit I, I i saw it i was like why would you ever choose to do this and then they left keith alone so i was like bastard why would you yeah. why would you pay money to do this i do not know <laughs> <laughs> i saw the dlc when i was young and i was like absolute absolutely not <laughs> this is not worth it was the poet keats from ireland uh yes he was irish he is irish oh what's interesting too with these two characters um, and I don't know if I like it or I don't. Again, I just watched the the play along. What is it called? Let's play. Let's play. Um, but it seems that if uh you choose Ellen or Keats, you're given two very distinct play styles. And Ellen's kind of more like almost like defensive and um while Keats is more like, you know, okay. feisty and stronger i guess you'd say um which is uh, just like interesting and i i don't know i don't know if i would have preferred it like you know why don't they both have the same powers but i get it like he's like a man <laughs> no i, I totally um, 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 understand uh it's mainly to reflect their demeanors um ellen was more timid in like the, the writing style where he's is more investigatory, so he's written as being more aggressive, where Ellen, like some of her character animations show her always being a bit of, like, with, withdrawn, or... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I would have wanted to play it as Keats the whole time. There's, I'm uh, trying to think of other games with... There's a lot of games with multiple protagonists now where, where you can shift however you you know with plenty of agency, but I can't think of anywhere their mechanics are different. But um But I'm assuming with pathologic it's not like a gendered thing. Um not or is it? I don't know. Really it's I, I guess that's kinda of debatable. Um because uh, the um so character, yeah. So character one, literally a scientist, is is a dude. Uh, he's written as like the dumbest asshole you've ever seen. Um, the uh, the second guy, the sort of halfway between uh, science and mysticism, um, is kind of written as stoic. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. And the third character is mis- is mysterious, and she's sort of there's thoughts that she might be a doppelganger in the story as well. That it, that it's inconsistent, but yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe a little gendered, but, like, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Grand Theft Auto, which is, like, probably, Grand Theft Auto 5, which is probably the most popular game of all time, right? 
Oh, <laughs> oh, it's not. It's not only the most popular game of all time. It's the most profitable piece of media yeah. of all time. Yeah. So single piece, single mm. piece. Yes. Yes. Um, even at launch, it was like top five. Um, like the weekend of, it was like top five. But um, mm-hmm. three main characters. Uh, I hate them all. White collar <laughs> white guy. Put him in a mansion. Redneck. Put him in a trailer. Black dude. Put him put in the, the hood. hood. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Nothing nothing changing in mechanics. There's a hooker. There's a hooker. Wait, are you guys talking still talking about GTA five? Yes, yeah. yes, hooker. Yeah. Yeah, the the oh sorry, the strippers, I guess. The what about him? <laughs> oh, well, we, don't, we don't play as the strippers. <laughs> no, I'm All talking about like, well, the characters in the game, right? They're yeah, not strip. Yeah. Well, you can go to a strip club. Yeah, but you can't be a stripper. <laughs> you can be a stripper? You can't. Oh. that They should do that. Great, the final six. Yeah. But would they? But would the strippers in GTA be given a different right. skill set? Well, they could strip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean. You know what no, I'm getting. No, no, I totally agree. Like, I uh, other than pathologic and pathologic too. <laughs> <laughs> like they do every game just leans so much into obvious context, and then all the play styles are exactly the same. Yeah, unless you know, sort of what you were saying. Except for Final there, Fantasy. So. Uh, like the rogue, roguelikes, slash roguelites. Um, like do different characters do have different like play styles and attributes. But like other than that, like but in those terms of, don't like, have seeing, any seeing a narrative. Yeah, like in terms of like seeing a narrative from different angles, though, I don't think many of them really do that. At least that I can think of off the top of my head. Well, I said Final Fantasy earlier. I meant Fire Emblem. Oh, uh, well, there you sort of play the same character in three different situations. But yeah. Yeah, more or less. Which has the same... This was my problem with folklore. <laughs> it's so very, like, 2005 to 2008-ish. Uh-huh. It was me in 2006, I believe. Not just graphically, but mm. aesthetic choices and <laughs> interface choices. Yeah, no, that's the... Because that's the only thing I can, like... I have the capacity to grasp anything. Like... Because I'm, I, I have no like not much like game experience as you guys, so I couldn't tell the subtle difference of different kind of gameplay or whatever. Um, so I'm like oh, okay. more easy, like it's easier for me to uh, focus on the you know graphical stuff. Even like, just the aesthetic is like... just really funny to me. <laughs> well, like the user interface, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Is taken from like any generic open world anything, but then the the dialogue uh-huh. is taken from like Fire Emblem or um, what's that lawyer game? Ace uh, Attorney. Ace Attorney. Right where the character like what is that's mm-hmm. a very classic Japanese dialogue driven thing, right? Well, so onto the dialogue system, I I actually um adore the the way that the uh well. I wouldn't be considering them cutscenes. Uh, um, Chloe saw um, a bit of it in in in, in uh, Bayonetta, but the way that the cutscenes work is that mm-hmm. it's uh, this interesting combination of like uh, comic and three D animation. Right, um, like they interweave CGI and that two D f- 
non motion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 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 such a a interesting way to do dialogue as the indie studio because it's not mm-hmm. as intensive as like a full CGI rendering, um, but it's also mm-hmm. different and engaging enough and still with, with like motion that it's something that like people that don't have a large budget could make um, and still make it look good and very unique. But that's my point is like it's blending all of these styles and aesthetically it's so many different styles. And then gameplay wise, you know, it's doing Pokemon, right? It's like you yeah. get you get their HP low and then you catch them. Um, and then it's doing, you know, more relatively early 2000s combat with Keats. And it's like, what is the identity of this game? It's like it's it's so, that's why I say it's so 2005, like 2008. And then it's got, like, motion controls in there. Like, there was a point in gaming where they were throwing the book, like, everything at you that they could. Mm-hmm. Like, every style and everything, and this became, like, this non-style, in a way. Not that this is a non- not a stylistic game, because it's very stylistic. Um, but just, like, the... But it's not, like, a single genre. There's just of- such an identity <laughs> blend, you know? Oh my god! No, but, uh, yeah, fair <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I think like the the combat looks like fairly ahead of its time to some degree. Um, like it looks like it's at least like you know, it's sort of taking a bit from Diablo and sort of taking a bit from like the Final Fantasies at the time, from what it looks like, and sort of taking a bit from like Pokemon and SMT in terms of like uh, reusing uh, in this case fairies as like your spells. Um, it it at least looks interesting to me. Um. I I feel like if I played this, which maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like if I played this, I would think it's an interesting game, but not necessarily a good one, um, because it's it it does seem very indebted to its time, um, and it is like a a, a weird action RPG type game, um, but I I feel like I feel like the jank might get in the way for me uh, a little. Yeah, if I played it, I'd probably get into like chapter like I don't know, probably like two ish. Uh, and think, yeah, it's pretty cool, and then, like, move on. I mean, meanwhile, we're, like, a year away from Demon's Souls coming out. Oh, no. Uh... About, like, in current times, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. 2007? Oh, yeah, yeah. Close around the corner, I believe. Um, no, I, I, I entirely, um, un- uh, understand that, uh, that, that criticism, Tim. Um, w- w- one of the things that, that kept me, you know, going and, and playing with this game, um, was uh the way it was ha- it was handling um Welsh mythology um mm-hmm. like like with the 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 collection system I personally don't like Pokemon I find it extremely annoying I have no desire to catch to, to catch them all <laughs> I only want to catch the ones I want <laughs> sure. um because I I just I, I really don't care about like I like even with the original uh, I don't know 106 whatever Pokemon that, that there are I think 150 one, yeah. oh my god 151 I'll kill you um, so, <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't want any of the bugs like I I I I I did not care about them like their backstories and anything but like um the fairies that you collect like they they have like uh interesting um uh compendiums and, and like they're they're um related to like the original mythology of like what a fairy was which is not like the Tinkerbell ish Peter Pan whatever bullshit that um Disney tries to uh peddle like it was adherent to like the darker side of like traditional um like fairy tales which is what fairy tales were originally made for uh, the, 
they were essentially like allegories to keep children like out of the woods so they wouldn't die. Mm. Um, mm. Okay. Which is why like a lot of these like nursery nursery rhymes mm. and and like these uh, creatures have such dark origins right, or like right. the. Uh, I, I think the, the one I, I can bring up as a specific example is like as a kid, I like the boogeyman was like not really scary. It was like just something that was told to kids like out of a like out of like a Halloween joke, uh-huh. and then. We have all these new movies. Well, we got all these movies coming out about the original, like, um, Bubba Yaga, the, 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 the thing that the Boogeyman was, like, based on. It was, like, this actual, you know, horror creature that kind of lived in the woods that taught kids, like, hey, stay out of the woods at night or don't go to, like, this creepy cabin because, like, you might die there. And it's, like, I, these are, like, it, I, I, I love mythology as allegory, like, what it originally was intended to be. Mm-hmm. Uh. I just, I guess just two quick things. Uh, one, I will say this is like maybe the most, you say it's Welsh. Uh, I thought it was Irish, uh, but it is maybe the most Irish or Welsh, you know, generally that region game I think I've ever seen in my entire life, Fair uh, which is probably just because it's like, it's setting. Um, I don't think there's any other games I can think of that like specifically tackle like Welsh or Gaelic or whatever uh, mythology. Um, and I do think that's like a, a point in its favor, uh, just because it's it is an interesting setting, just because that's not really done. Um, and uh, the second part, uh, maybe asking you the most like famous question I can think of: Is um, that like famous, uh, notable, or me? Uh, th- th- like you, like the most question tailored, most towards you question I can think okay. of. Okay. Um, does that mean like fairies, as they were originally intended, are similar to like yokai then? Yes, um, um, m- m- most certainly. Um, the in that region, um, like early early England before England was a thing, there was like a lot of people there with like warring, uh, uh, you know, cultures and whatever. So they all had like their their different names, and then eventually one of them won out. Fairy was spelled multiple times, and fairy was spelled in different ways multiple times and whatever. We just landed on, on the one with the Y, but in the game it's spelled like F A E I R E, um, which is different cultural spelling for it. Uh, one other early name for fairies was um, demons, which is almost spelled oh. and said like demon, um, which is what Christianity then demonized as like these creatures. Like fairies were, fairies in um, like old school Catholic whatever um, mythology was uh, like just lumped in with demons when they came over with like the, the Anglo-Saxons and you know took over. Um, so yeah, the, the original interpretations of fairies are more so like trickster deities. Like they can be good or bad. They're, they're, it's kind of like like a household god. Um, like independent for like e- each family has their own version of it. Um, but like, some are good, some are bad. And uh, Christianity just labeled all of them as pagan, which made them all demonic. So mm-hmm. yes, to answer your question. <laughs> for the yeah, I think no, you go. I. I guess just an in, just a quick like uh, a parallel to that. Uh, I think a similar thing happened with dragons. Uh, that's why there's sort of like the eastern and western split on like what dragons look like, um, yeah. because uh, when like uh, colonialists started like going into Asia, um, they sort of translated like a, a lizard beast uh, as like as similar like the same as much of a parallel as they could. Um, so they went with dragon to sort of make that translation, even though that's not 100% accurate, so. Yeah, 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 um, totally, totally, uh, I, I, you know, uh, 
as a kid, this was like my first foray into like actually getting um like actual cultural information not taught in school from a game. I was like, holy crap, I can learn things from like these things that I enjoy if I just play like the right things. <laughs> so famous, like in the in the how do I word this? Um, like in the family tree of video games, like connective wise, like where does this one go? And the family tree, uh, okay, word that a bit better for me. Like, what is the first other when you think of a game like this, what other game do you think of? A game like this, um, hmm, uh, the first thing that came to mind because we talked about today would be something like Fatal Frame. That like teaches Japanese mythology as well. I'm not sure that that answers your question because I've like, been a, a bit confused. No, it, it's a very interesting look into what you are looking for in a video game as well. Because yeah. I don't get Fatal Frame at all, but you're mainly looking at the lore and the world building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is why I don't really care about Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure I've recommended this to you before, but uh, you should really play SMT3 Nocturne, uh, just because it totally goes... Like, I I wrote... I, I sort of came up with this idea for, like, another class. I, I Wow, I sound horribly pretentious right now. But um, <laughs> okay. we, we read a book that sort of, like, squished all, like, mythology into one thing. So I sort of maybe had the idea of, like, the meta-myth, where, uh, like, you know each culture has their own access to, like, the one true myth, almost, and they take parts from it. But, like, there's actually mm. an interaction between all of them. Yeah. Um, and I think SMT is... You know, I, I know you've played Persona, so you know that, like, uh, SMT, like, does that a lot. Uh, but with uh, Nocturne in particular, uh, I think they go in a, a really interesting direction with it in terms of, like, incorporating, um, incorporating like, mythology uh, and having all of that mythology interact. Uh, yeah. Did you no, watch yeah, it, Attack it, yeah. on Titan? Good God! <laughs> uh, I saw like the first two seasons and then got bored. It's a no one else. No, it's so good. But um, it does this. It it really fascinatingly blends um Japanese and Norse mythology in like a really subtle way. Like usually, I find these things kind of in your face. Um, that's but there's been a lot of work lately that's. To just like bridging all these gaps into like one meta, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it, that's how, that you you're onto something there, Tim. Uh, uh, um, that theoretical approach makes sense because the nature of like war and colonization and imperialism is the mixing of cultures. Obviously, the one the uh, victor gets to decide um, the you know mixing ratio, but these things still survive and propagate and then become part of. The culture itself it's why we have um uh it, it's why in christianity we have um polytheistic like um entities even though christianity is a theistic religion um the saints originally were not part of like the larger mythos but um they took on uh the uh, they took on polytheistic Identity similar to uh, fairies um, in early uh, Europe, because they wanted to. It, they never could really um, crush the local religion that was there. So to get people to assimilate into the culture, they adopted their own 
they adopted like the local deities into Christianity by making them saints, which is mm. like a degradation from like godhood. So it's still um, a considered a theistic religion while like pandering a bit to the polytheistic um, uh, culture that was originally in Europe. Yeah, that's why uh, that's why Christmas is at the time that it is, uh, because the pagans didn't want to give up their winter festivals, uh, and in order and in order to like pull them in uh, to the Roman Catholic Church and convince them, hey, you can still have your winter festival, they more or less just like made Christmas uh, happen on December twenty fifth instead. Um, the other thing is like um, I know that's like basically the history of voodoo as a religion, um, where like just voodoo is is sort of like the intersection of like like several different cultures who were like forced to uh be together um i believe in the caribbean uh and so like this this uh, religion that sort of combined aspects of all the religions uh that were being discussed at the time uh sort of came out of it so that's how a lot of the best art that we still appreciate gets made that's how flamenco got started yes i i absolutely love um Caribbean uh, if there was a sharp oh jesus that came for me it's because i'm in the basement of my parents house because i went home to visit them and my mother surprised me with cornbread but i didn't know she was coming <laughs> i did hear that and i was i actually assumed exactly that cool me uh yes my mother says hello hi hi uh, so having never played god of war really how do they just go from Roman Greek to Norse. Oh, um, uh, it's vaguely, uh, it, it's kind of like the thing that we've all been talking about that, um, like kind of like all these religions uh, that they exist based on the locality of like the place that they're in. Uh -huh. So it's not impossible for like, um, there to be different gods in different locations of the world, if that so makes in, sense. Jesse. In game universe, he travels. Yeah, he, he he just went to like um, okay. uh, Sweden. I, I I forget like what place Norse is. Just like Scandinavia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas originally he was in Greece, and uh, you know, as a Spartan. I mean, you're all just ripping off us Jewish homies, anyway. I probably yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although I've never played a Jewish game, which would be kind of fun. No, they're not fun. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Then. I played. Cradle in kindergarten. Cradle's that... not fun. That's that's about it. I don't even remember how to play. Oh god. I, I looked thing, up Jewish First of all, Professor Layton shows up when you look up Jewish video games. So we've we've got <laughs> what? we've got <laughs> Professor Layton. But here's the other games that come up. The Shiva, two thousand six. Ethnic cleansing. 2002. Oh, 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 good lord! Oh, what is that? Oh, Men yeah, that yeah, that's that's a white nationalist game. <laughs> You've heard of this? Games? I've, I yeah. What do you I've got? Heard of, what are you, what, what uh, are you telling us? I Tim? also, I I know of some like uh uh uh, uh ethically uh, <laughs> uh dubious games. That would be a great uh, like, episode, like, by the way. Like JFK Reloaded is another <laughs> one. Yeah. Oh, no. uh, although that although that game has the argument that it's supposed to be like a simulation for like people who I don't know are interested in the JFK assassination, but anyway, yeah. Heal Hitler. <laughs> oh my god. Heal or Heil? Heal. Oh, oh, that's even worse. Yeah, Healing Hitler. I don't even know. 
I, I just like coding takes such a long time and it's, it's such a patient practice. I can't imagine a white nationalist taking the time to do. Are they good games? Well, obviously not. Heal Hitler. I, I I doubt it. <laughs> I yeah, like the cutscenes were really questionable, but man, the gameplay was just innovative. Like it was amazing. <laughs> I'm glad you're being sarcastic. <laughs> uh, but yes, if you're ever curious as to what what games lead my studies, it's you know the not Heil Hitler, but like mythology based stuff where I can learn some things. And if you go to fictional American Jews in video, uh, we are on a tangent. Sorry. <laughs> The only one that I can find that I know of is Andrew Ryan. <laughs> oh, Bioshock. Really? Is that is that verified? Who is a capitalist bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Did anyone have any like burning topics about uh, folklore that they wanted to mention? I have a question. Awesome. Um. So did we just did we say that uh, folklore was kind of like a flagship game for the six axis control? Because I kind of want to situate this um, with the PlayStation's release in two thousand six, and then also with the Wii's release, Nintendo Wii, in two thousand six as well. Which I think it's obviously kind of wins the motion control debate in some ways. Um, because I I kind of think the six axis part of this game, I mean I me not playing the game, um, just watching the the playthrough, I, I thought that was kind of like cheesy and not necessary. Oh, really? Okay. Um. Yeah, but I don't. And when I when I compare it to something like what the Wii can do with its motion control, you know, it's like why why have this um six axis thing anyway um well yeah i'm inclined to agree on that sort of thing but like this period um when games when game systems come out and they have like uh, a new gimmick in them there tends to be a few games that like really like just just use that gimmick um or use that gimmick like more so than they should like here so it's like sort of like put in mm -hmm. into it um i mean the yeah. The, the game that I again, uh, I I played Lair, uh, which was a dragon flying game, which I was like, oh, that that's awesome. And then like it turns out to control terribly because it's entirely six axis controls. Um, so I I would yeah I I tend to agree, but like that's just sort of something that happens when you have like a new console with a gimmick and they're trying to have an exclusive for it. So I'm gotcha. actually in defense okay. of the six axis controls for this game over the Wii. Um. Over the week, well, uh, it was a PS3 exclusive, I believe, so it was never ported to any other uh -huh. system. Um, I can't even find it on, like, computer. I, I've always enjoyed mobile controls in general, but to answer Chloe's point of why this was necessary for this game, um, it's because in addition like, to the mythology, it was like, there, there's magic and stuff-based. Um, and the way that the motion controls in this game worked is that you would kind of send a tether out to, like, your enemy when it's... Um, uh, like low on health and you kind of have to use mm -hmm. the motion controls to beat its soul into the ground and then like reel it in fish like fishing style back to you um which is just like uh, a interesting way of like bridging and this is also something else that i'm interested in, in my research and like bridging like technology with magic um it, it's it, mm. it's 
this weird thing of like, in my opinion, like comparing to like Pokemon is warranted. But again, I don't like Pokemon. Like Pokemon is boring. It's just like you're, if you were to just do the motionless for that, the motion would be throwing a ball at a screen, and that's it. Um, that exists, by the way. Oh yeah, they they did that. I, I know, and it's dumb. Um, <laughs> but in, in, in this game, you actually have to like kind of fight the um like like spirit like you have to like get it to you and it's kind of like more fun and actually magical as opposed to just like tossing something do you think it broke immersion for me absolutely not i i i loved it especially on like bigger enemies like you 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 literally have to like go from left to right beating the soul into the ground like um like an old vintage cartoon, like slamming some some enemy like back and forth over its head, and that's like just kind of like a fun niche thing. But like it 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 adds to like I'm working to get this boss's soul. So when I think about it, all my favorite um, anything that used motion controls were like competitive or sports games. You know, mm. like Beat Saber, um, like. Wii Sports, Mario Kart, like, games where you don't need to feel a sense of immersion. And then when I think of games like Breath of the Wild, which has, like, it actually has really smooth controls and, like, it utilizes it really well, I still hate that, like, I just want to be using my fingers and then all of a sudden I have to shift, like, physical mentality. And it it brings me right out of it. Like, I don't think there's been any narrative games where motion controls have worked for me fair enough i'm trying to think of like a, a, another game besides folklore where i've enjoyed motion controls which is a, a hard thing to think about besides like vr games i don't know if what? that counts in this debate you'd have to switch to like the wii right like um uh instead of like ps3 exclusive i haven't played no more heroes but like oh. i've heard that that uses because, like, uh, in No More Heroes, uh, you have what's known as a beam katana uh, lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's <laughs> shitty, so you have to recharge it, and so you need to shake the Wiimote in order to do it. Uh, but the game's actually making fun of you because it looks like you're jerking off. It does. So it's, it's, it's like, that gets incorporated into, like, almost the meta-narrative of it, I would say. Um, but that's, I feel as if that's, like, an exception to the rule and not the rule itself, personally. I also own No More Heroes. I own all, I own all three. <laughs> This is with this. This doesn't include anything VR, by the way. It does not. Yeah. Although you could argue that this is virtual augmentation. Oh, it's definitely AR-ish, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yes, um, it, uh, mostly motion controls are novelty within games, like, and, and that's what the Wii um, banks on. Like, it doesn't really do in-depth, like realistic simu- simulation i don't think like if you play Wii golf it's just like a fun novelty experience and you're always aware the point is the motion control yeah 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 but then the second i'm playing fucking mario galaxy great amazing platform game it is and then i have to waggle the controller and i have to worry about the tether to the nunchuck as well like the distance between them it just puts me right out of it immediately. Mm. And, it, and there's no reason that it can't be a button. No, uh, that, that, that's, entire, that's entirely, entirely fair. I think the Wii does it 
a bit too dangerously. Like the the, 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 the it leans too heavily into motion controls, where it becomes a danger to things in the environment. Well, the Wii, I would say, no games other than the motion control fun games were boosted by motion controls. Like they sold this thing for Wii Sports, which was so fucking awesome. It was. And then they're like, well, now we have this thing that sold 100 million times. Now we have to use the motion and everything. And it's like, I have to waggle my wrist around to swing a sword. And then he does a huge swing on screen. It's like not accurate at all. Could Why not just yeah, they had to, yeah, they had to release um, like improved motion controls at some point. <laughs> yeah. I, think that, I think that came with like the um, motion Skyward plus. Sword, didn't it? Uh, yeah. No, it came um, with Wii Sports Resort. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's some like reinventions on the Wii that are interesting. Like I'm thinking of like Okami and uh, Resident Evil Four. Uh, those are at least like interesting uses of motion control, from what I remember. Um, just because like Resident Evil Four, it's like you know you're actually holding the gun, and like Okami, it's like you're actually painting with the brush. Um, I'm also very biased towards Okami, but um, I just bought it on Switch and we yeah, play it for the first yeah. time. Oh my god, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite games of all time. But anyway, yeah. Um, I, I do think there's some experiments that work uh, in, like, redefining games through their controls, but largely, yeah, I agree. Because, like, they, they almost painted themselves into a corner. It wasn't enough of a powerhouse to, like, release, I don't know, like, a bunch of games that, like, they probably could have gotten from third parties. It also then didn't have a controller that could work without motion. Very true, yeah. I think yeah, yeah, it yeah. is a limitation I would like to, you know, have a, a re-release of folklore, but it's impossible without changing the motion control feature, which is so ingrained in the game. But as a side, could you imagine Wii Sports without motion controls? I mean, Wii Sports is amazing. But without like, motion still. controls, no, would it, it be as good? Oh, okay. No, it'd be pointless. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, games where I don't want to exist in that world and don't want to be immersed, I'm fine with motion controls. Like, apparently Call of Duty on the Wii was actually, like, the best Call of Duty. The Call of Duty on the Wii? Oh, God. Because <laughs> Duck Hunt pointing at the screen was, like, the best way to play. I never played it. Yeah, yeah I've it, heard the same about RE4. About what? Uh, Resident Evil 4. Uh-huh. But, I don't know, I don't want to walk around Zelda swinging. <laughs> you don't want to be Link? That's what that Link doesn't does. make me feel like Link, it makes me feel like a jackass. <laughs> Link walks around Hyrule swinging, that's all he does. <laughs> I'm standing in place in my Underwear. <laughs> as Link probably is. He wears a tunic. He he does walk around in his underwear a lot. Yeah. You now pre- played um, Breath of the Wild. I'm pretty sure Chloe's version of Link is just, you know, complete rugging it in the woods. <laughs> what does your Link look like, Chloe? <laughs> um, Right now, he's in all of the cold bird uh-huh. gear. Yeah. Did you, did you do all. the desert yet? No, I'm there now. I'm trying to get into the okay. city. Okay. <laughs> Without spoiling it too much, it uh I texted you about it a little while ago and it it's just this awesome sequence. Oh, oh, all- I see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> all of our millions of listeners will understand because they've already played it. I've not. Mhm. I did not get that far. Are you serious? Seven, uh, seven out of ten games. Seven out of ten games. I played twenty hours. Seven out of ten. Games. <laughs> seven you out of ten. Be seven out of ten. Next week. <laughs> My homework was going to be about Breath of the. No, it wasn't. 
I would play it again if I had a reason. So I wouldn't be like mad. Fuck off. What about Majora? What, 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 do you have any good Zelda games? If if I was going to play another Zelda game, it would be either Wind Waker or Majora's yep. Mask. Because I still have not played those yet. Oh my uh, god. Because I've literally only played Breath of the Wild. Well, that so. brings me to one of my points about famous about folklore. <laughs> which is that Wind Waker introduced this, this music system. Um with adaptive music where there was constantly right. counterpoint to whatever soundtrack was playing with an under with like an embedded track beneath it and because it was in perfect sync at all times with the currently playing track and it was in great counterpoint um based on what you're doing in the game the soundtrack switches mm-hmm. so let's say it's intense music and you're losing and the, the boss is throwing a huge punch, whatever. Um, it's going to get into this, you know, scary, spooky territory. And then as you overcome it and you start beating the shit out of him, it interweaves this heroic melody, you know, that was playing the whole time silently underneath. And then it weaves back and forth um, in sync with your action. So it's almost like you have agency and direct, uh, not contr- I guess not agency and control, but like, direct interaction with the soundtrack as well as like graphical things where you where the focus tightens up and and tilt shift happens and stuff like that um and that was starting right before folklore like that was like 2002 ish (laughs) and then folklore does what i was talking about earlier which is very forced sync music right like beautiful great music but we've been shifting towards that dynamic adaptive stuff and it was still in this in-between zone of the 2005 to to the 2008 where it's doing all these things, the motion controls and the 40 different types of user interfaces and different (laughs) types of cutscenes, And it's, and it was also still doing the forced non-adaptive music. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I I do. Yeah. I, uh, I guess just a quick compliment. Uh, I do think like this has good sound design, uh, from what I listen to. Like, I really like this, the actual like sounds of like the fairy forests. Um, like it, it's very nice sounding, and they're all like really natural, yeah, polka style, like, uh, chirps and stuff. Yeah, um, but I th- yeah, I think that just points back to the fact that this is like such a like a like a, a console early console game. Like we have all these features, what do we do with them? Let's use all of them. Yeah. You know, like um, the one I think about for that is uh, I don't know if you've played the Bouncer. Okay. Uh, that is not a very good game. It is maybe the dumbest story I've ever seen in a game. Uh, I should replay it, but um. <laughs> It's it's similar in in that regard of like we're going to try to combine all of these genres together. We're going to try to combine all of these features together into like a, a soup of, of of a game. Uh, and it's it kind of hurts the vision in the end. But like it's it I, I would prefer that because they're at least experimenting with things than like if this game was boring, which I this game does not look boring. I will also give it. It looks like Shenmue. <laughs> That's a boring game. <laughs> Uh, the bouncer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, the bouncer. Uh, yeah, I can see that comparison. There's no, uh, there's no forklift driving though. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, um, not to switch topic. But I'm very curious as to as to how a non-gamer um reacted to folklore, and by that I mean Han Yu. How are you doing? I just found the uh, the the outfit. <laughs> the outfit. Wait, what? <laughs> Their outfits are really funny to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, because it's oh, just yeah. 
pretty non-consistent style like between each character like they they seem like they come from very different universe mm-hmm. no i i i understand that um i i do find uh um in like one of the uh late uh cutscenes in the segment i had you guys watch there's like a magical girl style transformation where they get like their their like outfit powers <laughs> yeah. which as a kid even i hated that i was like oh, it's just absolutely I thought it was. I thought that was funny, honestly. No, yeah, it was funny. I was like, I don't like. Yeah, but it this. wasn't trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah. It kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like there was a little bit of like a wink or a nod, you know. Yeah, um. Uh. I. I. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it was definitely odd. Um. I found it weird that uh Ellen had like more camera angles pointed on her than, than Keith's transformation. Like Keith just got shirtless and then got a jacket thrown over him, which he's not wearing. Um. But it's just like cloaking, and I was like, "Oh, all right, this is uh, obviously, you know, gendered and scaled." Um, mm. But at the very least, I found it interesting that um, Ellen's magical girl transformation, at least, was narratively necessary to give Keith his power. So I guess I was like, mm-hmm. "I'm okay with it, but I <laughs> don't like that this happened." It is like their explanation is weird, though. That it's just like. Yeah, if you're if you're near her while she transforms, you'll transform too. Yeah, yeah. And then from what I saw, it's just nothing else about that. Pretty much, yeah. It was just like a yeah, like residual charge kind of. Um, Does all like is it common like a female character run in that way? Be run? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> at least in games, there there are a lot of games that do that. But I, I also didn't enjoy that either. Right. <laughs> animations made her way too timid. Really funny. Also, like yes. the Jack Scroll, like uh, Jack Scroll. Sorry. Like, was that a Britain flag under like? Oh, 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 what now? Like, if you see the uh picture I sent in the channel, like underneath the jacket, the Jack Jack Scroll. Oh. Is that a flag? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the Union Jack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just found this thing oh, yeah. that was really weird. And this Jack Straw has a like, like a dyed wig. Hondu, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm very curious. Um, what do you call this creature? Jack Jack Straw. Jack Straw. Isn't that the name of this kind Scarecrow. of Scarecrow? Jack Jack. Straw. I thought that's the name of. Wait. Isn't that the English for the um this kind of human figure standing in the field? Scarecrow. Scarecrow. Scarecrow, yeah. Oh, for some reason my brain is Jack Straw. <laughs> That's oh, the I, British version. You are entirely <laughs> entitled to say it however you want. I've never heard that term, oh. and I'm very interested by it. I don't know. A Jack so... Straw. Sorry. <laughs> How long is this game? Is this a 12-hour game? Um, I think it's... I want to say... I, would, I remember it being 20, but maybe, like, only 15. Because the two parts, I think it equals 12 hours in the, in the long play. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I watched all 12 hours. No, you did not. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it, yeah, it's super cool. You get to go to uh, different worlds, kind of, like, reflecting the Yggdrasil, you know, layered realities. Kind of cool. Hanyu, in defense of the um, why does she run that way thing, I will say there's like maybe two games ever that 
don't look super weird with the characters running. Uh-huh. Like, that's a consistent issue. Yeah, uh, the first is uh, every Naruto game. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know that. <laughs> but the that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. This one is like... Oh, yeah, yeah, and the second the second is every Sonic game. <laughs> well, that's the same run. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's why it doesn't look weird. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2. Does he run like that? No, he runs normal. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the, the animations are, 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 you know... I was also very astonished. Or, well, that's a little too... That's a big word. I shouldn't use that word. Yeah. Like, just surprised to uh, see there's telephone in Keith's office. Wait, why? Is a telephone uncommon? I just feel like I wasn't expecting this world has telephone. I thought it's like a... I don't know. I thought it's like a pre... I don't know what gives me the vibe of this is like something before telephone was invented. Oh! Well, that's part of the fantastical longing element, is that it's in the modern, yeah. it's in modern times. Yeah, I guess they are kind of dressed like, you know, like they're at the, like the beginning of the century. Though. Like, I know they are, like... Like their default outfits, at least, to some degree. Or at least Keats's. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just it was a very modern outfit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's it's modern. I I, I mean, uh, um, you know, uh telephone communication also works with like communicating with um the uh, dead in, in these kind of cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh like uh, just a way of like I know it's a common trope of like you get a call and like the person is like dead, but they're still calling you from beyond the grave or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's folklore. I love the game. Read... From home, I get to play it again. Can I read this comment? This top comment on this YouTube. Yeah. Video. We'll we'll use that to close this out. <laughs> Quote: Both main characters are very interesting, and I really enjoy <laughs> Ellen's character growth through the whole thing. And Keats is the best husband, though. Oh gosh. <laughs> I hate YouTube comments. <laughs> That's the gaze. <laughs> that a good closer, Tim. Oh, I, I didn't. I, I did not want. I, I, I did not mean to prep it as a closer. <laughs> well, I did. I I made the mistake for. Uh. <laughs> well, if we we have anything else to say about uh about uh, folklore or yeah, Breath of the Wild, then, nine out of ten. No. <laughs> Wait, uh, Tim. We don't know our homework yet. Oh, right. Uh, who wants to do homework for next week? Because I forgot to ask. <laughs> I'm going to do a video game, so I don't we... think I should. Uh, okay. Should we do Traffic? Ooh. By Steven Soderbergh. With Catherine Zeta. Oh, it's a, if, if you wanted... Michael Douglas. Yeah, I'll do... Let's do Traffic, yeah. folks. Watch Traffic. It is on Prime Video. Wait, it Steven might not be. Steven Soderbergh. For all our lovely listeners, it is not available anywhere. I could find... But you can rent it for three ninety nine and go through other channels. Three ninety nine going for Soderbergh. Channels. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, for our listeners, I will be supplying you with a... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think... I think that's everything for uh for this for this first episode uh uh 
guess we'll see you guys next time. We did it. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye, everyone. Freaking believe my dad's actually the drugs are.